looks like we're we're good to go. Are you ready, Pete? I'm ready. All right, let's do it. So, Pete, thank you very much for joining me. I appreciate it. My pleasure. It's uh, just a thrill to be here, Chris. Great. To, you know, we've only known each other for a month or two, but, uh, you know, I enjoy our conversations over on Clubhouse and happy to be here on your podcast today. Yeah. Yeah. So if you can, um, please give everybody just a, a quick background on on who you are and what you do, and then maybe we could dive into uh, a little bit more in depth about what you do and... Yeah, we'll just kind of flesh it out from there. Does that work for you? Yeah, man, absolutely. That's great. Cool. So uh, basically, my name's Pete Moore, and I uh, am the owner and founder of Simplifying Entrepreneurship, which is one of the businesses that I have. And with that business, uh, we, you know, I help entrepreneurs, business owners, and leaders cut through the chaos of running their business and, you know, reduce the overwhelm, give them their time back, set up systems and structures and frameworks that are going to enable them to break through barriers in their business and have a better life. I mean, we get in business as entrepreneurs because we have this idea of what we want out of life and we're okay with making our own way to get there. But part of it's understanding what the heck it is you actually want so that you can then create the business to deliver that. And I think sometimes we get lost in that sort of framework around what is it that we want out of our life? What is it that we want our business to do for us? And how are we going to create that? So that's a lot of the things that I work around with simplifying entrepreneurship, really working with leaders to create the life that they want through their business because that's why we get in business, right? Yeah, agreed. Well, and if I can ask, so that that brings up some interesting points as a, as I'm starting this out. Um, yeah. I, I kind of like to know your philosophy on some of this stuff, but where do you find that balance of doing the business side of things for your own sake and then also making sure that you're, really delivering for customers and is is this a like a a very cut and dry thing or is this a much more dynamic uh, a lot more gray zones between overworking yourself and finding that right balance especially at the beginning um what's your thoughts on that yeah well you know chris the reality of it is whenever you start something new it takes a lot of time i mean it just does unless you're yeah. pretty flush <laughs> you know, with a lot of cash and you can really outsource and hire everybody to do everything and just kind of have the team there to do that. Um, that's great. But for the reality of most people getting going in business, they uh, aren't, you know, that flush. So basically it's a matter of trying, you know, getting in there, working through some of the initial problems. And, you know, I like to use frameworks to help me through some of that stuff. And one of the things that I'm happy to offer to any of your uh, listeners here today is called the one page prop and from that it's uh, purpose results obstacles and plan and it's a it's one page and you're kind of dumping down what it is you want to do you know what what's the purpose of your decision that you're going to do whether you're getting into business or starting a new thing in your business or whatever decision you're going to make and then what's the end result what's the desired outcome you want from that and then what do you see as your obstacles that you're 
trying to overcome and often procrastinating the whole decision about because you're seeing these obstacles as being overwhelming and it's like, oh my God, there's no way I can get through this, right? So just list them down, get them down. And then the results are, are, are sorry, then the plan of creating that and who can help you through those things. So the example that I use when you download that, uh, be, because it's, it uh, takes you off to basically a YouTube channel with a little quick video on how to use the, the event, is actually the creation of my podcast. It was, you know, when I was okay. putting together my podcast, the Simplifying Entrepreneurship Podcast, I'm thinking, how am I going to do this? I've never had a podcast before. You know, I don't know who to, who do I contact? How am I going to do this? Like, I don't even know... I don't, I wasn't, I didn't even have an Apple product. I'm an Android user. It's like, I got to get on iTunes and all this other stuff. And I knew that was the big one. And, uh, you know, I mean, I was just so clued out, really. I knew what I wanted to do. I knew the purpose of it was, listen, I want, I have a mandate and my own guiding principles to teach, learn, and create, and to work through some of that sort of stuff. And I wanted to spread the word. I like being on stage and with all COVID and all that other stuff, you know, it was, I wasn't able to get out and perform, you know, play music and different things. And it's like, how sure. else can I get on stage and how else can I, you know, use some of those skills? And I wanted to, you know, the result was to connect with people. I wanted to connect with the people that resonate with the message of simplifying entrepreneurship that, you know, overwhelmed, um, you know, all the all the stuff that people that want their time back, people that are frustrated and given parts of their businesses. A lot of entrepreneurs do awesome in two or three of the, let's say, four or five main components of your business. They're killing it at those. And those other two are giving them all the frustration. So how do we fix those? How do we work through those things? So that was sort of the idea. And it's like, okay, I just got to get this on paper and then structure all these obstacles. What do I see? What don't I know? What do I need to know? And that's the plan. How, how, what do I need to know? How am I going to get there? through either the who's who do I know that can help me what can I use like automations and apps and outsource and information and all that sort of stuff you know that's the sort of stuff start having the conversations and create the plan in order to make things happen and put timelines around it so that you can make things go so that's called the one page prop and like I said I use a lot of these different tools and frameworks Chris that allow me to get my thoughts out onto paper so that I can make actionable plans and this is just one of them do you feel like do you feel like getting your thoughts out on paper and following these pretty simple plans even though the work may not be simple at least doing the plan and simplifying it that way do you feel like that helps avoid uh, this inevitable wheel spinning and uh, <laughs> it's never ending like right throes of despair <laughs> it's never ending. You know, that's the entrepreneurial nature we're always thinking about stuff and if you don't get it out if you don't get it onto paper or I use I use my iPad now and I literally the, the sheets that I have are all uh, PDF so I just uh, scribble it on notability on my iPad so that I can digitally save everything but uh, but I still use my pen and I still like to actually handwrite it as opposed to type it that's just me I find it yep. it kind of carves in my memory a little bit better and, and that sort of stuff so from that perspective yeah I need to get it out onto 
you know, paper, let's call it. And so that it enables me to think it through. And thinking about your thinking is an important part of being an entrepreneur so that you're actually giving yourself time to think on your business and about your business and not just work in it, right? So when yeah. we talked about time starting off, you know, you can lose time pretty quickly as an entrepreneur. Just do, 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 do. But you need to allow yourself the freedom to think about your business and think about these sort of things so that if you don't you kind of lose the creativity and you're mired down in, in some of this this sort of frustration about it especially when you're starting up and you're trying to test and try and work through all these different things you know yeah so f what would you if you so like let's say you're in this spot right yeah. So I, I'll be honest, this is this is where I'm at the past couple of days and yeah. I, I've kind of broken through it. But being in the spot of really trying to understand what it is that your business offers and like and really the way that you can sell it. So yeah. I've got a pretty solid understanding, at least a better understanding now than I did a month ago of what really I'm offering and and, and what kind of value I can bring to people. But um Part of it too is you you do these kind of almost stupid tasks, right? That you think are productive, and then you kind of realize that you're just avoiding the inevitable, really important things that you need to be doing. Um, and those things might be, excuse my language, they might be really fucking hard. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> or they might really, really like. Uh, challenge who you are as a person or you know what you think of yourself i yeah. mean what are some of the ways that you kind of get over just that uh the i guess like the self-limiting beliefs that go into the even getting of the work done yeah you know it's it's a battle we, I think as entrepreneurs, we all all go through those sort of seasons of that, let's call it. Um, and it boils down to procrastination. And one of my coaches along the way, Dan Sullivan from Strategic Coach, talks about procrastination. And another great podcast that him and Dean Jackson used to have was called The Joy of Procrastination. It's moved on and it's got a new name now. But I love that sort of joy of procrastination <laughs> because entrepreneurs tend to procrastinate a lot. And if you don't have anybody to delegate that stuff to, it never gets done, right? So from that perspective, often, and one of the key takeaways, I guess, with around the idea of procrastination with, with Dan and Jean, uh, Dean, Dean and Dan, uh, is that often your biggest procrastination is the thing you need to do the most. Yep. And if you keep for that me right in, now, yeah. If you keep for that me in right mind, now, it's sales. Yeah. Yep. So what do you do when you're procrastinating the thing you need to do the most? You break it down into smaller chunks. Okay. That's what you do. You break it down into smaller chunks. So if we're talking about sales, it's like, okay, well, if I need to do sales, what do I need to do to make a sale? Well, all I need to do is, you know, uh, create a lead generator, right? So if, I, if I'm gonna create a lead generator so I can get more leads, well, if I can get more leads, then I can have more conversations. If I can have more conversations, I can make more sales, as opposed to just saying, I need to make more sales. Boy, that sounds, that sounds pretty big. Right. Sure. And if we break it down to say, OK, well, what am I going to do as the first step of making a sale today? How can we how can we chunk that down and say, you know, today, as I just, you know, outlined the idea of the one page prop. Well, what did I do today? 
I actually did a sales video on the one page prop today. I mean, okay. as as one of my lead generators, right? So it's going to be like, hey, I I, I had um, Brock who looks after my website. I had I had Brock actually put it on the bottom of my website, and I I've got I already made the document. I've had it for a year, but it's like let's flip this into a lead generator that maybe other people would be interested in using. And then what I can do, hopefully, is that if they're interested in the the uh, the one page prop, they go to my website and they give me their email in exchange for the document, right? And in exchange for the video and the other stuff that I've created around this to help them through making decisions. And we know decisions like we just talked about, you know, you procrastinate the decisions. Well, if you think about them and lay them out with an action plan and the actions are broken down into six or eight different chunks, then that one big decision doesn't seem like, you know, overwhelm. Yeah. So you yeah, start definitely. you start with that small one and you say, okay, I'm going to create a lead generator today. And then if lead generator sounds too big for you, you say, well, okay, then I'm just going to think about my lead generator today. And tomorrow, maybe I'll put some copy around it and think about, you know, how am I going to, you know, create interest in this? And then, you know, you're building on each little step and it does, you know, some big decisions take time. Yeah. And, and most entrepreneurs, if you're like me, you want it to happen now. It's like, yep. I just want, I, I, I mean, I should have my sales today. Yeah. <laughs> right now. Well, don't I, these people know that I need these sales yeah. today? <laughs> yeah. But the reality of it is, is that it does take time to build some of this stuff. It takes time. And from that perspective, what do you do? Well, you start small. I mean, you start small, you break it down from that big chunk and you lay this stuff out, just like the one page prop, you lay the stuff out and then you have this actionable items. And I'm like, okay, well, my first thing that I have to do in order to have a, um, a podcast is talk to my buddy because he has a podcast. So that would be step one. And then, oh, this other friend has, that's step two. And then this guy has, you know, I've, I've, I've started listening on Clubhouse to some podcast guys. Oh, step three. And I, you know, I'm hearing a few things there. It's like, okay, cool. And then I'm working around finding, because when you start opening your eyes to some of this stuff, things come to you. And it's like, oh yeah, I should do that. And I should do that. And that's the idea of writing things down and describing them down so that you can put actionable timelines. I love calendars. I use Trello as a uh, board mm -hmm. that kind of rolls me through different action items and things like that. Um, so for me, Trello is a great tool to keep track of some of that stuff and to roll through um, actionable items. So, so many different ways of you know, breaking down those procrastinations and making things happen. But ultimately, when you when you take it back to the sales thing and you take it back to the big chunks, you just got to make them smaller. And, uh, you know, for those of you who are watching on video, uh, I've got a great book right there um, and two of them right beside each other over here. One's called Atomic Habits and the other one's called Tiny Habits. Uh, both of those are great books. My favorite is, uh, I think the bigger of the two is probably Atomic Habits by James Clear, but my favorite's actually uh, Tiny Habits by BJ Fogg. And from that perspective, one of the f one of my favorite little frameworks that BJ Fogg has, it's called B equals M-A-P. Behavior equals um, B equals MAP. Motivation, ability, and prompt. I'm doing this off the top of my head, so hey, <laughs> sorry, but I kind of forgot. That's all right. Yeah. So um, and then, and it's not my tool. So, but I love the framework around that. So behavior is motivation, ability, and prompt. So if you think about sales, 
do you have the motivation to do more sales? Right now? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've I've got to get cash coming in yeah. to balance it's a pretty out big the motivation, right? Yeah. Okay. So, you know, you think about your different motivations to do that behavior. Do you have the ability to do more sales? Yes. Yeah. Do you have the prompt? What's prompting you to do more sales? Uh, baby coming any day now. So, uh, yep. <laughs> okay. So, and again, if, if the baby's the big one, what are your smaller prompts? Like, can you set up maybe on your phone at 8 a.m. every morning, make a sales call, make a sales call, make a sales call. You know, like set yourself up with prompts that are going to trigger actions. Yeah. And if you if your abilities are good but not excellent, then you have to hone some of the ability portion of that. And then, you know, the motivation portion, the ability portion, and the prompt portion, all three of those have to be there in order to make things happen. If you're missing one, it's not going to happen. B map. Okay. So so really it's it's having the you've got the your behavior is driven by the motivation your ability to do it. And then when you're saying prompts, you mean that could be anything from the reminders that you set. Like you said, you use a calendar, yep. use a Trello board, whatever it might yep. be, but something that you can put in place to really structure your day or even your week, something that keeps you moving on that behavior pattern. It's kind of like the, the Aristotle quote. I can't remember the specifics, but basically, you know, whatever it is, but like something is learned through behavior and behavior is repetition. Yeah. You know. Okay. So, you know, when you look at the when you look at that creation of that behavior, how are we going to make more sales? We're going to make it because I need to have the motivation. What's the motivation? And then I need to have the ability. I actually have to be able to do it. Sure. And if I don't do it well enough, I have to hone my ability to do it. And then I have to be prompted to do it because the prompt in, enacts the, the ability and the ability is going to help you through the motivation to do what it is you need to do. And from, so I just like that little framework around. And again, that's, yeah. that's a, that's a procrastination breaker, right? That's a habit builder. And if you're going to build the habit of doing sales every week, then, you know, one of the prompts could be put it in your calendar that Monday mornings or might, you know, between nine and 11, that's the time I do sales. Right. Got and, it. Okay. And you're you're literally time mapping that time. And you know uh, when when you're talking about podcast producing or whatever the case is, my podcast producing, I'm time mapping Wednesday afternoons and Friday mornings. And you know you start mapping around your calendar so that you're allowing yourself the time to use your abilities to enable this stuff to happen. I see. Okay. So, and part of it too, that you're bringing up that's interesting is, is really mapping out that time and almost putting like blockers up on when you do certain things. So, um, I was just talking to somebody today, somebody that's going to be a guest on my podcast in a few weeks. And she's like, yeah, I only meet with uh, or she's like, yeah, I could do the podcast Monday or Friday because I meet with my customers Tuesday through Thursday. Yeah. And I was just thinking like, wow, that's actually, it's, it's a smart way to approach some of this stuff because it, it does set up some sort of, uh, 
schedule that that you would maybe get if you were working for somebody else who's kind of telling you what you need to do and when versus working for yourself and having all of this freedom and flexibility and actually that can sometimes become uh, more of a uh, a sentence than it can be uh, yeah. a freedom. You There's know? a lot of bleed there. It bleeds into other areas of your life. Yeah, well, and, and two, I've noticed the days when I, I do follow the BMAP process, even when I didn't realize that I was following that, um, you get a lot more things done and that uh, that wheel spinning goes down significantly. Yeah, it does. And I mean, I can, I can mimic that. Um, we're recording this on a Tuesday. And for me, my days for podcast are Tuesday and Thursday. So, yeah. you know, I'm on, uh, I'm a guest on four podcasts today and I'm hosting one podcast today. Uh, so today was a podcast day for me. You know, I've got, uh, tomorrow I don't have podcast. I'm, I'm, we own some shoe stores. I'm in my shoe stores tomorrow and I'm in my shoe stores on Friday. And so, you know, working with that team, um, you know, so, and I, you know, when I'm doing my, um, my coaching and stuff like that, I book those around, uh, other times that I've uh, allocated depending. And I usually try to keep those to very structured times. It's like, okay, we're going to meet the same time every week or every two weeks or every month or whatever my, you know, my, my, uh, arrangement is with that particular client. And I, and I, I'm pretty strict with that. It's like, Hey, listen, you know, sure. I, I don't want to be playing around with times here. You want to commit to me and I want to commit to you. Let's get this stuff done. We're going to meet on Tuesday mornings at 10 o'clock and away we go. Let's make the commitment and go. And when you're on your own, you have to make the commitment of time to yourself. And that's the hard part, right? Cause you're not, who, who are you answering to? You're answering to yourself. Yeah. So well, and, that, and if and if you're not answering to yourself, what I'm finding is you're answering to every ping that comes up on LinkedIn, every ping that comes up on Instagram, on your email, to your bank account, to the credit card bills, to the yeah. <laughs> like Just that's who you off. end up answering to. I don't have yeah. any notifications. Uh, like my phone right now is turned off. My notifications on my computer turned off. Uh, so from that perspective, it's like turn all your notifications off. Is there anybody that really needs to get a hold of you that importantly? So, and if that's the case, then you know leave that one person on. If it's your wife or something like that, you know you're, sure. you're expecting a baby. Yeah, you need you need to have that one on. <laughs> uh, but but I mean. Anybody else, can they wait until you check your email? And there's all sorts of cool tools and apps and things like that, too, around the idea of, and that's another whole conversation on how to manage email and how to manage, and we can talk about that another time. But uh, but along the lines of how often are you checking this stuff, can it be batched? Can you check your email at 11 o'clock, 2 o'clock, and 5 o'clock, and then leave it the rest of the time? You know, those kind of things are are just time frames and time mapping tools that you can use as an entrepreneur that are going to give you more of your time back and make you more productive along the way. Got it. Okay, cool. Well, yeah. thanks for those insights. I appreciate yeah, sure. it. I, I'm an, I'll check out the, that one pager and I'll, I'll, um, I'll start implementing some of that stuff and I'm going to check out that tiny habits. Yeah. My buddy, Matt, who co-hosts with me, he, uh, he keeps telling me to read atomic habits Atomic and habits just, is good too. 
And since he recommended it, I don't want to read it. But now that you've recommended it, I think I can read it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'll say I read it because you recommended it. Both of him. the books are <laughs> both both of them are, are valuable. I mean, both Tiny Habits and Atomic Habits. And and uh, the one we talk, covered today, BMAP, that whole uh, is is the Tiny Habits. Uh, that's BJ Fogg's model. But they're they're both great books. Okay, cool. I'm de- I'll definitely check that out too because that I think that. It's it's kind of the universe lining up telling me, I think, now that this is the main thing that I've got to figure out to get uh, get through some of this stuff. So thank you. I appreciate yeah, it. My pleasure. My pleasure. <laughs> um, well, and so just curious. So you so you've got a you have a shoe business I as do. well. Yeah. So is that in the retail space? Yeah. Yeah. So okay. we own uh, some shoe stores here in Ontario, Canada called Shootopia. And so uh, that's that's one of the things that I do. And, you know, a lot of a lot of what I do with my coaches, uh, coaching clients with Simplifying Entrepreneurship is we help them set up turnkey businesses. And what I mean by turnkey is that businesses that you don't have to manage every day and all day so that you're not literally working 50, 60, 70, 80 hours a week running it and not having any time to yourself or any time to do anything else. So for me, yes, I do have a couple of shoe stores and I am, you know, involved in them. And I actually am going to be working store hours this weekend. We're a little shorthanded, but for the most part, I really don't have to be at my stores. My stores run themselves because we've set up a system that I call the four P's around around the idea of setting up a turnkey business so that I have the people in place, the processes in place, the product in place that enables things to happen without me being there. So, you know, for for people that are have been in business for a while or even for people that are just starting out, you know, you want to set up your business so that you are not always the primary person for every single thing so that things can be done in your absence so that you could maybe take a weekend off every now and or maybe go for a holiday or maybe if you want spend two weeks off when you have your baby you know different things like that it's like what do you want do you want to go golfing maybe or do you want to you know head out to the fair or whatever the case is and you know all of these different things it doesn't matter what it is go go away skiing for the day you know um those kind of things, when people are mired down in the frustration, they don't make time for those because they feel that they can't. They can't get away. They can't get out. They can't leave. And it's you talked a little bit earlier about a sentence. Well, that's a sentence. That's not freedom. That's frustration. Yeah. And so, you know, my idea of turning frustrations into freedoms and turning your worries and wants. So First of all, you got to acknowledge what you what you're worried about and what you want out of life. And then you want to transform them into wins. Tra- take your frustrations, transform them into freedoms. And that's the power really of creating a turnkey business and the idea around turnkey. You know, it's kind of like a realtor's term essentially where they walk into a bi- uh, a house when you're buying a new house and you turn the key and you walk in, everything's already done for you. Well, that's the idea behind a business too where if a new owner were to really take over, they would turn the key and you know, sit in the chair and things would hum along and do nicely. You know, eventually you got to make some decisions and do some stuff, but, but ultimately, you know, things run without you. So that's what I try to do with a lot of my clients is help them create these turnkey businesses. And that's what allows me to do my coaching because my business is running well. I have good people. I have the systems in place and I really 
I'm there for major decisions for the most part. I'm there as a guide to help my team whenever they need things and that stuff. But they don't, if, if somebody put it in perspective of shoes, if somebody's trying to, let's say, return a pair of shoes, they're not coming to me to find out how to do that stuff. Because frankly, I'm not the best person to do that. My team is better trained than I am on that. And, sure. you know, my team's better trained on how to order from a given supplier than I am. But when it comes down to making a major decision in the business, then I don't even I don't even hire most of my team anymore. I hire my my management team. And outside of that, anybody who's underneath the management team, I'm not even involved in hiring, even though I'm the owner of the business. We've got the systems and structures in place. And in fact, my management team does a way better job hiring than I did when I was part of that. So, you know, sure. work to your strengths. And if they need a video done, um, you know, a promotional video done or something like that, they call me because I call myself the front stage person. It's like, hey, you want Pete to come in and do a video on Blundstones or Birkenstocks or something like that? It's like, sure, no problem. I'll come in. I'll, it's like, hey, it's Pete from Shootopia. And, you know, I'll, I'll do my thing. I'm good at that, you know? So yeah. I, they use my strength. I use their strengths. And together we're a better team around that. And that's part of understanding that whole idea of who's on your team. And that team could be an outsource partner team. Team. It could be an internal team. I mean, however you look at it, it's it's about building the strengths around what your promise is to your customer. Hmm. Okay. Okay. No, that's it's very interesting because it's it's not it it seems like it's not even so much about like not having to work. It, it's that could be part of it, but almost like uh, if you're not there, it doesn't fall apart. And once yeah, you man. can get it to the the real like humming spot, it it in some cases can work better <laughs> when you're when you're not involved in all of those true. decisions. Yeah. I think that almost sounds like the sweet spot. Yeah, and and from my perspective, like I love my shoe stores, I love my team, all the, my customers, I like working with them, all that kind of stuff. But the idea is that I don't have to be there every waking hour. Sure, you know. Um, there, there are processes and things that happen in my store that I don't even know about. I don't even know they're, they're asked me how to do something. It's like, I don't know, talk to, talk to Jen or talk, you know, like talk to Brock or talk to Michelle. You're asking the wrong person. It's not my accountability, (laughs) right? Do I own the business? Yeah, I own the business, but I'm perfectly okay with other people having those accountabilities. Now, could I find out? Yeah, I could find out because we have the processes in place. I can open the manuals. I can go through. I can figure it all the stuff. We have all that stuff there. But if you want a quick answer, I'm not your guy. You know, and, Got it. You know, th- and other things, if you want a quick answer, I'm absolutely your guy. But that's my area of expertise. So using, you know, I think a lot of small business owners, and it starts because, you know, if you're, and I've done this, I've, I've been there, starting as a one-man show. When you're a one-man show or one-woman show, um, you know, working through that sort of stuff, you feel as though you need to know everything. And quite honestly, you do need to know everything because it's only you, unless you're going to have some outsource partners to help you with that sort of stuff. But, you know, releasing some of that stuff along the way is a hard thing to do for a lot of uh, entrepreneurs. And they, they feel as though if they, if they don't know how to do every single little thing. They're either going to look stupid to their clients. They're going to look stupid to their team. They're going to look stupid to their suppliers. You know, they feel this sort of like, I'm going to look stupid if I don't have the answer. And my feeling is that 
Yeah. You know what? Let the let the people who are the experts deal with it. And as the leader of your business, you're using, you know, awesome people to do a better job than you or a tool even and you know a tool that sometimes will be a scheduling tool like Calendly to set up these appointments that's a better tool for me I use Calendly all the time I've been using it for years and you know why would I want to be back and forth back and forth back and forth back and forth with somebody 7 to 13 times to book an appointment when I can just send them a link for Calendly and they book it at their own time and I show up when I need to show up like that's sure. a that's a beautiful automation and in my opinion, that's a who. Calendly is a who for me. That's my executive assistant to set appointments. Well, and that's what—that's exactly what you made me think of when you were talking about the BMAP process earlier and having your daily schedule set. It, almost the way it made me think about it was, okay, these are digital pieces of technology. They can go with you wherever you need to. It is almost, if you use it right, setting up like a person that is just coming in and telling you, like I remember reading an article about, I don't know if it's the current CEO or the past CEO of Southwest, but he was such a scatterbrain that uh, he would just stop and talk to people like throughout the company. And he had to have the assistant just be like, Hey, uh, I, I hear you, but we gotta, we gotta go. We gotta keep moving. And it kind of reminded me, yeah, you get that prompt. That's, that's your, that's your assistant, you know? Yeah. So, you know, for today, um, as an example, I went to my, I use Google for everything. I went to my Google calendar and it's like, okay, there's my meeting with Chris. There's my meeting with Scott. There's my meeting with Dina. You know, it's all laid out for me, just like a, an assistant would do. And I didn't make sure. any of the appointments myself. All five of those podcast recordings today, one that I'm hosting and four that I'm on, were all there. And the one that I'm hosting, I've set up all sorts of other automations around there too, where when they book the appointment, well, out goes an email telling them all about the thing. Out, you know, And it gives them a, a whole thing about what, what they need to do, how they need to log on, what questions need to be answered, and you know, giving them clarity so that they know when they log on, this is what's going to happen. And... All, you know, in the past, that may have been a person to do that, you know, but sure. I don't even have to do that. It's all done automatically or automagically, as I like to call it. But from that perspective, I mean, how much can you automate along the processes of whatever those processes are of your business? So important. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, it is. It is kind of like magic. I mean, basically, technology to me, almost if you told me it was magic or technology, I equally know as much about both, so might as well be magic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, uh, um, when we look at those frameworks, so just to kind of get back to the, the four P's, sure. you know, turning your frustrations to freedom. So it starts, it starts, Chris, with the right product, right? And when, when we talk about product, I mean services as well. So product, service, program, whatever the case is, but you really have to have something. And you were saying like, how do I know? And all this sort of stuff. Well, when you're laying out your product and when you're trying to push that out to the public, you want to use a, a simple framework that goes something like this. What's the problem that your customer is facing? You know, so outline sure. what it is that the problem that they are encompassing. What's the process that you're going to take them through in order to make their better life? So the problem, your process, 
and what's life afterwards. So how do those three things align with your product? And if, if there's, again, kind of like that BMAP thing, but if there's any breakage with any of those three, it's not going to happen. The cash isn't going to come in. So first of all, you have to align the idea around that problem. So what is their problem? And show them that you have empathy around it, that you understand their pain. When you understand their pain, they it's like, okay, this, this guy gets me, right? And then you're showing them the process. And the process is step one, you know, you go to my website. And step two, yes, book a call. And step three, we have a chat. And step four, we determine whether we're going to move ahead or what, you know, you, and depending on what you're doing with your business, you know, those steps sure. are going to be different for everybody. And then the idea is you want to show them what life looks after. When we talk about, you know, turning your frustrations into freedoms, what are the freedoms that this person is really wants and the frustrations, the pain points that they're feeling? And you're in the middle, you're in the middle of that in taking them through the transition over to what life looks like afterwards. So when you build that into your product, that's the framework that you use around your product. And then you're going to be able to test it. And that's the most important thing in getting it out there. Just get your product out there as soon as you possibly can. So most people worry about perfecting the product before they put it to the public. A lot of peas there, but <laughs> yep. you know, um, don't perfect because you don't even know at this point in time whether anybody will pay for it. So the idea is get it out there, test it. You know, if it's 70 or 80% ready, put it out. And then you're going to work on it along the way. We're always perfecting all of these things. We're always tweaking them a little bit more. Like I said to you earlier today, I just, I'm going to try a new lead generator, right? So I'm always working on different things. I'm changing the way I do my podcast or changing the way I put a little video up or something like this. We're always working on that product in order to move it ahead. The next P is process. And all of those different processes, we've been talking a lot about them today. So, so important. And we're always improving our processes around around the operations, around our marketing, around our sales, around our funnels, around you know how we uh, do our business internally and externally, all of those things. And then the next big piece is people, right? Who are the people in, in the business? And who are the ones that are actually, you know, who's our ideal customer? Who's, who are our team members and who are our suppliers that are helping us get there? Yeah. Okay. So you've got I product. I lost your video, Chris. Oh, uh, I'm I'm still here. So we're okay. we're still awesome. good. Can you hear me? Good. Yeah, I got you. All right. Cool. No worries. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so, so you got, got you got product, process, yep. Yep. people. Yep. And where do we and, go from there? And then we go to profit. But let's finish off people first. <laughs> so. Oh, that's what I want to get to. <laughs> man, it's yeah. Everybody does, right? But around people. It's the it's this big thing around, you know, those three components, right? Do you have the right team? What does that look like? What's the culture of your organization? And are they delivering your promise to your client, right? Ah, got your video back. Good stuff. Um, so, you know, and, and the other people around those outsource partners and those other suppliers that are enabling you to deliver that promise. And who is your ideal customer? Early on, you kind of take whoever comes in. But as you kind of hone that down, who truly is, do you want to work with? Who truly is, 
can you provide the most benefit to and the most value to and who can pay you to actually do that service which pulls you up into profit because when you hone your product your process your people that enables profit to happen and once profit happens you've got this idea that you can start to buy back your time and that's that's the thing now you may buy you know Busy people are busy people and entrepreneurs are typically busy people. But what that means is, you know, what I did when when I was able to get enough profit to hire the right management team within my shoe stores, it allowed me the opportunity not necessarily to just have free time again, but it allowed me the opportunity to have the time that I wanted to use to build simplifying entrepreneurship, for example, or to build sure. another business that I started a year and a half ago to Sani Mist. So, you know, it allows me the opportunity to use the time that I want to use the way I want to use it. Yeah. And you can't do that if you're if you have no profit in your business where you can't bring on management and you can't move up into the leadership portion of your business because it's only then when you move up to the leadership and you have the management of the business running in a framework that's actually like we said turnkey so that you're, you're there for any major things, you're there as their guide, you're there to support and all of that other stuff, but you're not there as the day-to-day operator of that business, then you're never going to have the time. And it's going to be hard to get away for that vacation. It's going to be hard to start something new, another side hustle, whatever the case is, you know, all of those different things around it. So, sure. um, and understanding where your position is within each of those businesses, you know, like I said, um, with, with our accountability chart, yes, I'm the owner, but I'm also underneath the guy who looks after marketing as the stage hand, basically, to guard, as the person on stage to go in and do the videos, right? Like he, sure. he basically says, we're going to do this promotion this weekend, and I need you to do a video. So although I'm his boss, he then tells me to do the video because I'm, I'm under him for that particular thing. Right. Sure. And so that's the kind of layout that we need to have. And so that everybody understands are the right butts in the right seats. Everybody understands the layout of the accountabilities. And that's where a lot of um, entrepreneurs get get frustrated, too, because they're not allowing other people to have accountability. Yeah. That's a big one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's a it's a scary thought to release even think yeah even when you're you don't even have the opportunity like at this point i'm still in that early phase of the 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 grinding and doing and building up the customer base to the point where uh delegation on a lot of this stuff almost isn't even something in my sights at this point yeah but i think it seems like that's part of the natural process so just curious i mean uh I, I'm not sure which business came first, but whichever business that you were that you started and you were the primary operator yeah. in, where where did it change from you being the main person that was the crux of everything to starting to have these thoughts and then finally pulling the trigger and start uh, removing yourself from that day to day a little bit? What was that process like? Yeah, and what business did that happen in? Well, you know, the earlier ones happened uh, back when I, I used to have service businesses and we had a bathroom renovation company and we had a cleaning uh, franchise as well. And with both of those, so I started with the bathroom, uh, you know, right off the bat, I started with a bathroom renovation franchise and we sprayed bathtubs and we did bathtub liners and acrylic wall systems and we sprayed kitchens and, you know, take them from 
dark dark oak to bright and white and all that sort of stuff. Sure. You know, get rid of the harvest gold bathtubs and change them to white. You know, uh, so. I was the guy, you know, I, I bought the franchise. I went and I was, I had a spray gun on my hand. I had my whites on every day, you know, and I'm out there doing my thing and I'm doing my sales and I'm doing all that other stuff. But once it got to the point where literally um, I was booked out, I, I couldn't, there was, there literally was no time left for me to do another tub and to get to my sales appointments and that sort of stuff. I hired that first tech and that first person is usually the, the, the hardest one to hire because we want the person that's going to do everything. <laughs> it's like this person needs to be another me. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, <laughs> you know what the reality of it is, is that's pretty hard to find. And you know, you're better off to really find somebody who's going to be good at exactly what you need them to do. And you start doing the rest. So you pawn off, like in that case, I just, I didn't hire a manager who's going to run the whole thing. I hired a tech who's going to go out there and spray the bathtubs and do the work for me, allowing me to manage the business and do the sales and some of that other stuff. And then as I as as that person was too busy, then we then I started jumping back in and I was working one or two days a week doing the work working the other side of stuff and then you know you build up that way and you hire your second person and then you hire your third person and those kind of things along the way you're always as the entrepreneur you're always sort of filling that void in between people um, because sure. at that time you know it's pretty hard to outsource somebody going into somebody's house and spraying it's not like we can outsource to you you know doing some podcast work or whatever the case is you know it's it, it's it's physical work that needs to be done so sure. what could i outsource well i could have outsourced and i did outsource by the way my bookkeeping and that kind of sort of stuff right i hired a bookkeeper so i mean I've got two business degrees. I can do bookkeeping. I'm actually pretty good at it, but it's not in my best interest to do that kind of work. And it's not the best use of my time. So I actually hired somebody to do that work for me, freeing me up again so that I can go out and do the sales and build the business and that sort of thing. You know, so from that perspective, that's the way I've always done it. We did the same with the cleaning company. We grew our cleaning company from 30 people to, or from 30 clients to 300 clients. And the same sort of thing, it's like, okay, I can tell you, Chris, I've cleaned more toilets and urinals than you would ever believe. I have picked out the nastiest gunge. Unbelievable. <laughs> okay, man, I, I've been there. I've been in the trenches, hands and knees, you know, done all that sort of stuff. But you have to do that kind of work in order to move your business ahead. You have to be prepared to get dirty when you need to get dirty. And you have to be okay with let, you know, releasing when it's time to release or else you're going to be dirty all the time. Right. Sure. And even now, I said to you earlier, you know, we're a little short-staffed. I'm going in. I'm going to be working Friday and Saturday in the stores at, at Shootopia because typically I'm not on the schedule. But ultimately, I have a promise to my customer to deliver, the, to deliver our service. And what, what I do in my videos and in my emails and everything to them is promise them a level of service. And if we can't deliver that, it's still up to me. It's my business. I got to go in there and make sure that our customers are getting that. And that's the way I see leadership. It's like you're there when you need to be there. And when you're not need when you're not needed, then you don't have to be there. Because you've got you've built the team around you that's going to take care of things with the accountability and the culture around your business that's going to deliver the promise to your client. And that's the biggest thing. And that's 
pretty much what I work with every entrepreneur on is what is that promise? What's the culture? You know, who are you? Do you have the right product? Do you have the right processes in place? Do you have the right people in place? Can we generate more profits so that you can be working on your business, which is where we started the conversation, not in your business? Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Well, Pete, I, I want to ask you uh, one more question, but it's not related to business because I feel like if we sat here for four hours, I could <laughs> probably keep asking still you go. a ton of stuff. Yeah, we could still we could still keep going. You're a treasure trove of knowledge, man. This is Thanks, this buddy. is awesome. I yeah. I kind of got that sense from the some of those clubhouse calls that we were were on, and just some of the things that you put out on LinkedIn. It's um, yeah, like we were saying before the call, those have been. Uh, very helpful reminders, and uh, thank you for referring the business made simple piece. Uh, those that video series um, has been good for business, and also the production quality is incredible to the point where it's gotten given me some ideas on on things I can do uh, for promotion pieces. But yeah, they do. I see job. those in, I see those instruments in the back, mm-hmm. and on the clubhouse call, you said you were in a few bands mm-hmm. in the past. Um, so what what instruments do you play and what kind of music do you like? Yeah, well, um, I played in a bluegrass band for many, many years. Picking and no grinning hillbilly music. Yeah, yeah. Hell so, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, that's, that's my passion. And, um, you know, I've, I've been on four CDs over the years now. The last one we did was 2005, so it's been a while ago. But I love, like podcasts, you know, podcasts are a snip of the time. Today we're recording this. It's it's where our heads are at today. Well, when I look back at those uh, CDs that we did back with that band called the Northern Suns, we did one in 94. I mean, I, I started playing with the Northern Suns the month I started my first business when I was 23 years old, the bathroom business that we talked about, right? So that was a time of my life. And it's like, okay, we actually recorded a CD. I was starting a new business, was getting married. You know, I look back at that. It's a it's a framework in time. And then the next one was 1998. Well, we already had our first kid and, you know, some stuff was going on. 2002, we had two more kids by then. 2005, we were, you know, and all these different things, the progression of the band, all, you know, what we were writing, what we were doing, all that sort of stuff. It's pretty cool. And you can see this with podcasts too. That's why I really like this podcast um, sort of framework because you're thinking, hey, where were we thinking at that time? And what were we doing? And what, what sort of things were all laid out and around that? So yeah, I've played music for a long time, grew up with, um, uh, dear friend of mine who actually passed away last night and um my my cousin who i grew Sorry up with playing hear. music his mom uh passed away as, you know second cousin basically but i traveled around to bluegrass festivals with them and fiddle competitions and all sorts of stuff and um you know got my sort of start and interest in music with them and and uh, mary passed away last night after a long battle but uh nonetheless great memories about all sorts of stuff around music and it's always been a passion so you know the one on my left is a um 1936 a style mandolin gibson mandolin uh i've got a larivee um um, acoustic over here and I've got another one it's called Jarrell which is a local luthier as a electric instrument I don't play electric that much but every now and then I like to plug her in and give it a whirl and I've got a few other instruments kicking around too but these are the ones that you can see in the background here today nice yeah you brought up something you brought up an interesting point with the the similarities between the podcast and the music um 
but also that that piece with um, the the music really being a a, a time stamp on yeah. a period of your life. So I play music too. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm starting to get back into making my own music and nice. recording and releasing it from home. But um, yeah, I have some uh, two albums that I put out or three albums, I guess now one with an old band, maybe closing in on 10 years ago now. Yeah. And then um, a couple other EPs that I put out with a, an old band, but yeah, it is interesting to go back and hear where you were at at yeah. that time it's it it is actually helpful with the future i think from what i've noticed because it does make you stop and say um uh, you know i actually i was on to something back then this this wasn't this this was better than i thought that it was and you know it's all a it's all an evolving process you know it it, i think it 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 helps me get get past some of these mundane things or the grinds when you start, I don't know, you do start doing that self-assessment where you judge yourself based on others and you're like, oh, well, they're doing this thing and blah, 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 and they're doing this, or what about my business? And and then you kind of look back and you're like, man, I, I've i come a long way in five years, nine years, whatever it was. It's, yeah. it's actually very helpful. It's kind of like cathartic. I don't know. Have you noticed that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I just love the whole idea around... Um, time stamping stuff and art. Art is the same way. It's like if you're an artist, I mean, you 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 craft a you know a painting or a sketch or whatever the case is, and it's like, hmm, that's what I was thinking about. So all of these different things, I think, are are pieces of history. And um, I think I talked a little bit about Dan Sullivan earlier um, around some of his works with strategic coach and he just released a book today with ben hardy and it's called the gap in the gain and it's a good concept it's a strategic coach concept that's been around for a long time uh, and i'm pretty familiar with it but from that perspective he talks about the gap being when you're here now and you're looking to the horizon and you're saying you know what this is where i want to be and the fact is that you're never going to reach the horizon. No one has ever reached the horizon. It can't <laughs> happen, right? But the gain is look at how look at where I was and how far I've come. So when you're looking back and you're saying, "Oh my god, just like you just did, how far have I come?" versus I'll never get there. It's a very different and more powerful sort of look at I've come this far. So if I've come this far in five years, nine years, like you were talking about, how far can I get in five years, nine years? Not necessarily am I going to make the horizon, but mm -hmm. I'm seeing how far I've come. And oh my God, I think I can even do better than that in the next five or nine. And yeah. that's a really powerful thing. And we get trapped in the idea that we need to be horizon centered all the time and we have to be you know again we talked a little bit about breaking down those big things and you know that's a big thing and from you know you you just you lose sort of the passion about it in the fact that you are sort of realizing the self-limiting beliefs that you're never going to get there yep 
So break it down so that you can create, because you can do a lot in five years, nine years, 25 years, and look at how much you've done. So when you look at those kind of things, it really creates an interesting outlook. Um, so for any, there's another book, The Gap and the Gain. I think it was released today. I got an email from Strategic Coach. So I think it's uh, probably on Amazon there today. Gap and the Gain. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. It's a great, right. I, yeah. I've got Dan's, Dan writes a little mini book every quarter and he wrote a mini book uh, on it uh, several years ago. So I've got the mini book on it, but they've created a, a him and um, um, Ben Hardy have, have created a whole, uh, you know, the bigger edition of it basically here um, this, this month. Flesh out some of the concepts yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I haven't okay. read it yet, but I'm, I'm sure it's based on the very same thing as a small one. Cool. Well, okay, Pete. Well, this was, man, this was awesome. I learned yeah. a ton just in this very short period of time. So thank cool. you for sharing all this stuff. I appreciate it's been it. my pleasure. Um, real quick, before we wrap up, can you please let people know where they can find you? I definitely want them to check out your podcast. So please promote everything you've yeah. got. Uh, this was, yeah, this is great. So go yeah. for it. Awesome. Well, um, easiest way is to Google simplifying entrepreneurship and i know those are two long words i, I should have made them shorter <laughs> trying to be a simplifier but uh but yeah if you google simplifying entrepreneurship you'll come up on my website and on my website um we'll have that what we just talked about uh, later today probably or by the time this release it should be down there about downloading for the one page prop that'll be at the bottom of the website the other thing that i send people to most often and i think is a real value and this is going to go live next week it's already live now but it's take the assessment so you can go up to the top portion of the website and there's an assessment on the top portion of the website Right now, um, as of October 19th, when we're recording, it's the one I've had up there for the last eight or nine months, but it's gonna change here at the end of the month. And the new one is awesome. Uh, really thrilled and excited about that. Basically, when you take the assessment, it's gonna take you about 15 minutes. The old one takes 15 minutes too, but the new one's gonna deliver you back somewhere in the vicinity of 40 to 60 pages worth of information on what you're doing really well with your business and the areas around the business that you need improvement so that you can create your own journey, your own path, or you can hire somebody like me to help you through that. Uh, but essentially, that's the real power here of that assessment. So a couple of great tools there for you. The other ways to get a hold of me, uh, like we're already connected, Chris, uh, on LinkedIn, I'm pretty uh, available on LinkedIn for the most part. And uh, Instagram, Facebook, you can catch me at Pete Moore, P-E-T-E-M-O-H-R at any of those handles. Or on my YouTube channel, I'm trying to grow my YouTube channel these days too uh, with Simplifying Entrepreneurship. And I've been posting all my stuff over there, but I haven't really started promoting the YouTube side of things. But it's one of the things that I'm working on these days too. We're always working on stuff, right, Chris? It is, yes, this promotion piece, it's definitely, it is definitely interesting. We'll yeah. say that. And, and it takes uh, a lot of you, time. Yeah, well, and I know that you're on this uh, this mission of being guest on a bunch of podcasts. I and am. it got my wheels spinning too. So Sweet. I pretty much I pretty much take away something from all of our conversations. <laughs> that's good. I mean, <laughs> that that's the thing. When you can turn the conversations into action, things begin to happen. You know, action yeah. creates happenings. And I think that's the, the power of conversation. I 100% agree. I think that's the real value with with doing things like these podcasts, it's um, it's been far more valuable even for my whole life in the past two months that I've been doing this than I ever thought 
that it would be. So, um, yeah, getting to have conversations like this, it's, it's pretty sweet. So I can't complain, but Pete, thank you very much. I appreciate it. And, uh, thank you everybody for listening. Make it a great day. See ya.